Behind the Mask, me, your host, the Diva with Depression. I hope everyone is doing well. I hope you guys are taking care of yourself. My, I hope everyone that is under the cloud of orange skies is, is keeping themselves safe. Uh, what a weird world we live in. So I have two amazing guests today. Uh, you know that June is Men's, men's Health Month to um, bring some guys on to sort of share um, how, how they live with mental illness and just get some feedback. And if you know me, you know that my brothers are my absolute world. Um, my mom calls them my, my shoes, not hers. <laughs> so um, they, they just mean everything to me. And that's who I have on today, guys. So... Welcome, brothers. How are y'all? Doing good. Doing good. Doing all right. Okay, so you got to introduce yourself. Start with the baby. Okay. Um. Well, everybody called me Butchie, but my real name is Donald. Hello, everybody. How are you? Okay, big brother. Your real name is Donald. <laughs> yeah, right. Everybody forgets. <laughs> <laughs> I had that in my notes to ask if we had to do the government name or the. the you know. but, Okay, big brother. I'm Donna's big brother, Greg. So I so appreciate you guys uh, coming on. I know that we were joking all the time about whether you know we were going to do this or not and have you individually. So I'm so excited that you guys are on. I'm excited and nervous because you know when the three of us get together, God only knows what will happen. So <laughs> be, I'm not going to say be nice because you know I'm not nice. And uh, just <laughs> be yourselves, you know. Don't um don't feel like you have to put on airs or anything. Just be as open and honest as you want to be. If there's something that you want don't want to talk about, then don't talk about it. So let's get into the first question. Introduce yourselves, meaning tell us what you do for a living. Who's gonna go first? Big brother? Yeah, we let big age age go first. <laughs> Okay, I'm I'm Greg. I am uh, IT professional. Um, I also am uh, heavily involved in ministry, uh, media, um, video, audio editing, and presentations. Guys. And I'm married, happily married for five years. Yay! Um, you, you guys always hear me. Thank Illumination Technology at the end. And my big brother is Illumination Technology. So that's my shameless plug. I'll plug Illumination, it. In. Illumination Media and Technology. Media. You see, I always get it mixed up. Thank you. Uh, we'll, right. we'll plug the correct name at the end of the show. Shameless plug. Okay, Butch, what do you do for a living? I am a truck driver. So I you run the roads and bring you your groceries and your fuel and your toilet paper during COVID and that kind of stuff. 
Thank goodness for thank thank goodness. For <laughs> okay, so Greg, we'll start with you. What is your definition of mental illness? If I were to define mental illness as I've experienced it, was going through periods of of what I would later understand as being depression. Um, dealing with you know mental anguish getting in you know tough situations tough circumstances and and entertain you know some some serious thoughts right on, on whether you know it's even worthwhile this you know i guess you know a lot of people might say that you know sometimes when you get to it you get down to it that's the easy way out but right some way I always kind of you know dismissed them but never really gave some much thought to why I was feeling that right you just move on you do you know what what quote unquote, you do the man thing you suck it up and move on right right you just together and and, and and get your mind right and right. and solve your problem everything will but, be okay yeah yeah but I know you know I learn later on that's a little deeper than that a lot deeper than that actually so butch what about you uh okay me i'm probably gonna say it's 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 probably hard for me to come up with my own definition of mental illness because being 53 now and sitting back and watching my behavior from basically a younger kid maybe eight, nine, up until this point, watching my behavior and how I carried myself and things I did. And like Greg just said, not realizing that it was depression, it was a sickness, it was something to deal with. But just thinking, you just got to be that man. You got to suck it up, drive on, overcome it, do what you got to do. And so so I guess, I mean, it might, I don't know, maybe mental, mental, um, with different stages of it. Right. Maybe, but for me, I, it, it would be hard to define it because now I'm going to say in the last 53, in the last five years, I really started becoming aware of the depression thing and, and my behavior and how I was carrying myself and realizing that there is help out there. There's other people that go through it, right. other people to deal with it. So I, I guess it would be hard for me to give a, put a definition on it right now. Um, I, well, one of the things that surprised me is when mommy, when I was in the hospital the first time, mommy said that grandpa lived with mental illness. And, you know, you guys know how we are about grandpa, the strongest in the them. world, you know? And to think that this man who raised us and always kept us in, in, some sort of sanity and, and some what on the right path was living with this and never talked about it. And I think that's one of the things that always hits the back of my mind when, when I listen to men not talk about mental illness, you know, because there's so many millions that don't talk about it, um, including you guys, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I, that's not something that, and even though as close as the three of us are, that's not something that we talked about. Um, and until recently, like Butch said, until recently, I I hear more, you guys sort of acknowledging it more and talking about it more. I don't know if that's because you matured and 
because I'm always talking about it. So I, I think it's awesome that you guys are here. I'm going to keep saying that because you're going to help so many people. I think uh, I think said you know is 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 kind of how it hit me too, because once I found out that that's something that Grandpa battled through, I, I was almost in shock. Number one, right. And but on the other side of it, then you know that also let down that the fallacy of you know well you a man you really can't you know you you got to open up to that you got to be receptive to it because right. if he threw it and battled through it then you know it's it's a thing it's a real thing and and that that awakened me to it being you know possibly generation right. Right. And I, I, another thing that I always share is, and I think that sort of opened my mind up to it, not just being environmental, genetics are involved, you know, and just like you can pass down heart conditions and diabetes, you can pass down mental illness. And we know how it runs rampant through our family. So it um, does. hearing, you know, grandpa being the first man in my life, you know, other than you two, <laughs> that, that helps a lot sometimes. Um, you both have exact, you both have just admitted that you have mental illness. And so looking back at what age do you think that symptoms started to show up, Butch? Me, as far back as I can remember. Right. I mean, when I've sat down and, and looked into the past and my behavior like me, I would just go off and not bother. I don't want to bother with nobody. I would just want to be by myself. And I'm thinking for so long, I say, I'm Aquarian, we're loners, but I'm not realizing that that's a different kind of behavior. Right. And me, I guess not associate with people well, not letting people in, being by myself, don't want to be bothered, pushing people away. I, 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 I come kind of thinking that that's a kind of that behavior too, not letting people in. And I can even remember times at later stages in life. Like, say, if I wasn't working at a time, I could lay in bed for two, three days. Yeah. Not want to be bothered with nobody. And mm -hmm. later on in life, what I think what, what helps me do is me working. Yeah. Like, I knew I put myself in that position where I knew I had to get out there and work, but being a trucker, I could go deliver a load, go pick up another load, but I still don't bother with nobody. Right. You know, people will call me, I ignore their phone calls. Right. I won't, I might not talk to loved ones for two, three, four weeks at a time. Yeah. It's like I alienated myself and that's, that was like my, I guess, form of depression or mental illness, yeah. uh, how you want to put it. What about you, Greg? What age do you think that you noticed? I guess, I mean, it was hard for me to say, to really pick up on, on symptoms until I became a teenager. Or no, you know, in my teens. Just, and, and one of the things Bush just said is if I wasn't working, if things weren't working out, and, and again, we tie who we are with our, you know, our productivity almost as a man, right. you know, and just like, you know, grandpa raised us boy, you got to be out there working. And if you ain't, you don't, you don't meet the criteria. So if I didn't meet the criteria, then that's when I start feeling down on myself. And, and what Bush just said is I could spend three to four days in the house, in bed, 
You know, I might get up to eat and go to the bathroom, but that's it. I don't want to speak to nobody. I don't want, and that carried over into my adult life. Right. That, that you know, I almost define myself by my productivity or, you know, and, uh, and unfortunately, the only thing that would snap me out of that was, was really unhealthy relationships. And, uh, you know, and I guess, you know, in a way that's all tied into your, your supposed manhood. Right. You know, so one way or another, that to me was a sign, but I want to, I want to say something real quick and this might not be all that popular, but I still don't have the mindset that I struggle with mental illness. It's right. something I dealt with. Right. You know, just like I am about cancer. You know, right. I don't say, yeah, I have cancer. I had it right. and I overcame it. And right. that's how I kind of feel about my struggles with mental illness. But that doesn't downplay it at all. Right. Yeah. And it's just my mindset. That's how I attack any attacks against me. Right. You know, by, by, you know, I'm going to battle with. And that battle, my, my mindset is that battle I won. And, right. and I'm in this battle. But that's not, you know, diminishing the effect of mental health on, on number one, on, on society. And, and, you know, in this particular instance, on men. So, right. yeah. Um, one of the things that I wanted to um, say is that that is me in a nutshell. If I don't have an obligation, I will not get out of bed or I will not leave the house. And I, I, it's not just us. I mean, I know millions of people think that way, but it's yeah. just so interesting to hear you both say that it's work that gets us out the bed and out of that mindset. And it, even if it's just for a couple of hours, as long if we have an obligation, we'll continue to do it. And I, there are probably so many men that overwork themselves because of mental illness or whatever it is and not sharing that. So that's, that's important. Um, I'm going to pick on you guys about <clears throat> when we were younger and Butch, I'll start with you first because, uh -huh. uh, you know, we already know that you was the wild child, <laughs> you know, when you were a teenager. Um, and, you know, of course, I'm always going to protect you and I'm, I'm never, ever, you know, that's how I've always been. So I'm just yeah, no question. straight. But I never, we never discussed certain things. And so some of the things that you did when a teenager, do you think that, um, and you can share them if you want, but do you think that some of your behavior as a teenager was connected to just being a teenager or being a teenager that was going through a struggle? I think I could say trying to fit in. Yes. I guess if you were not trying to fit in, like, I mean, running with gangs. Right. I was never, I even had them, my, my, I still call them my brother, my gang members. I even had them telling me, what are you doing here? To say right. true. Right. But I always tried to, I always tried to keep up. And that's, that's what I always, to the day I say it, I always tried to keep up. Right. You know, I, I knew guys that turned into killers and, Kingpin drug dealers and stuff right. like that, but just me, that was never in my heart. Right. But trying to, trying to, once again, trying to fit in. Right. You know, tr trying to, I don't know, searching for something that was missing. I guess I, I don't, I don't know. I guess that's what it was. Yeah. But it, it just wasn't never truly me. Right. 
from and then as a little kid too, just always tried to fit in elementary school, junior high school, just always tried to fit in, never found my niche. But I never allowed nobody to get close to me. I wasn't showing who I was. So bottom line, I would never I would never find in this because I was never letting people in to see who I was. Right. Right. If that's part of it, I, I, I Oh, you're the expert here. I'll follow your lead. <laughs> I'm not an expert. Um, <laughs> you but I, I want to say, um, I, I have to say that your character, when you were talking about not talking to people and stuff like that, mm-hmm. so I want to tell my, my listeners that my nickname for you has always been Marmaduke because you were always jumping up on somebody and kissing them and hugging them. Mm-hmm. And so that behavior of you separating yourself and isolating yeah. yourself is so out of character. You know, um, and even you guys, you we went months, right. like three, four, five months, but right. I wouldn't even call. We, right, I wouldn't even talk to none of you guys. Yeah, so that that was, I mean, it wasn't right. I understand. No, you know what? There's no right or wrong because we all have to cope with life as we can, you know, without answering to somebody or anybody, mm-hmm. you know. And you had to do what you had to do at the time, so never say sorry for that. Mm-hmm. Um. Greg, give me an example of maybe how it showed up in your teenage years. Or not in, not just teenagers, teenagers to 20s or whatever. Yeah, I mean, you know, just just like I said, tying myself in. And, and I guess, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, just to hear Butch say it, you know, I was always, my identity wasn't always in something else. Right. You know, that kind of how you, that's kind of how you got your familiar fulfillment that really took your mind off of whatever problems you were trying to hide right you know and but you know they end up you know once you get into the latter stages of adulthood they ended up you know snowballing right you know because all you really did was sidestep them and not deal with them exactly eventually you know they all you know got you where you are in later adulthood you know I always would feel bad you know not steady steady the traditional you know steady job right you know around in jobs i bounced around and you know places to live i bounced around in relationships i bounced around you know so it, it it and that snowballed as you got to an older adult and that's when those depressive moods would set in like you're right. looking around you're evaluating now you're older and you're starting a self-evaluation. You're looking around and measuring yourself up against what people, other people your age are doing at you know your stage in life. And you're like, man, this I'm I'm falling back. So all that would do was get you, you know, uh, to to zone out almost. You know, you right. get in those moods where you're feeling sorry for yourself. You're talking down on yourself. You 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 settle. You put yourself in situations where you're settling, you know, just to just to maintain, just to take your mind, you'll settle for whatever, take your mind off of your real situation. Right. And and that, you know, like I said, man, I, and I'll say, you know, that kept happening up until I was in my 40s. Wow. Um, <clears throat> I want to go back to something that you said, Greg, about not wanting to be here. Um, mm. and, and how that shows up and People always, people that are living with, I'll say myself, you know, I've always gotten blowback 
for sharing that there are times when I don't want to be here anymore or sharing that, um, you know, I wouldn't mind if, if I left earlier or, um, and, and not, I've never, surprisingly, I have never acted on any of those feelings ever, but that you doesn't should. change the fact that the suicidal ideation is there. And when I wake up in the morning and some people say, well, thank God for waking me up. I don't always say thank you for waking me up because I didn't want to wake up. And so um, that's something that I've never heard the two of you say out loud. Um, and so, Butch, we're going to start with you. Um, if mm -hmm. you want to just whatever you want to share, but have have those thoughts ever entered your your mind? Well, I've been there because I, I took pills before. I took right. pills. They rushed me to the hospital, put my stomach in there. And I'll be honest. I don't know because, like I said, I just took the pills. I didn't know if they were serious enough. I think I took, um, I forgot what it was. They said they're going to make you more sick than anything. But I don't know if it was more of a just not wanting to be here or just drawing, looking for attention. Okay. So, mm -hmm. but I woke up, they pumped my stomach. I looked at the nurse and said, look, I'm not, I still want to be here. This mm -hmm. was a big mistake, da 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 da, -da. They ain't give me no counseling. They ain't say, and ever since then, it we never got has gotten that bad. Yeah. What I said, I just didn't want to be here anymore. And have you, know, you said sorry. that? Have you said that to yourself throughout the? Yeah, I didn't. No, never. That was that one time I, I had that little episode, but oh, I wow. never, you know, never said I didn't. I'm just done with this world, and just don't want to be here anymore. No I just want to call it quits and go to sleep and don't wake up. No, I've never gotten to that point. That's why I feel I know with the mental health, what we're talking about. That's why, me, if I'm wrong, I feel there's different levels of it. Almost definitely. Because some people get to that point. Yeah. But then some people don't get to that point, but they're still dealing with the heavy depression. Like we just said, we sleep or wanted to sleep or just we go through life, but don't want to deal with nobody. We just just our presence or whatever. So I still feel that there's different levels of it and more serious levels right. of it. Well, most definitely, you know, um, and not everybody understands the next person, you know, someone that doesn't have those thoughts, doesn't understand <clears throat> people that do have those thoughts. Mm -hmm. And Greg, you mentioned it first. So are those thoughts that were strong throughout your years or I'd say they were pervasive in my in my early and mid twenties, just because my situations then were so fluid, so all over the place. I was all over the place, and you know it's weird. Well, I I I used to to operate under the assumption that it ain't that visible to the outside, but right. it probably was that's probably what I'd like to think but right. everybody I knew I was a mess right. and oh I might try to mistake it but you know when I, time, I was in my alone time then those are the times that I could be really critical of myself and really beat myself down right. and and I used to it, yeah I'd experienced that a lot thank you, you guys know. for being honest about that you yeah. know I, I you know it kind of subsided after a while. And the the me saying that, you know, I don't even want to be here anymore. That was that was again early and and mid twenties. 
but it really hasn't come up, you know, like that since. Okay. Now, not that's not to say that you haven't had periods where you were experiencing depressive moods. Oh yeah, yeah. But not to that. Extent. Not to that extent. Yeah. Um, but Greg mentioned his relationships. Um, well, you're talking about intimate relationships, so uh -huh. either one of you can go first. But how has how have those actions or living with a mental illness affected your personal relationships? With it could be with you know talking about I mean you're you're new married and Greg you're married um, with the kids just uh, even with me you know even with your siblings or people that you're close to just do you see did you see notice that your actions affected your relationships? It did, because me, when I was there, I drove a truck. Then when I was there, I wasn't there. Right. Like, once again, my standard. Like, my kids now, my kids, I got, you know, I got 129, 126, and one, well, 226. And they could tell me right now, you know, we're just seeing who you are. Because okay. now I'm to the point where I'm showing myself. Right. So I got kids watch up and they like you know we never saw you smile you didn't let us in you didn't tell us stories you didn't so it's I, I kept myself distance yeah. I mean I, I kept myself distance from a lot of people for a long time right and I must say in the past two three years is when I really started opening up more well I just have to interject and say that I'm very proud of you and I said the same thing the whole weekend of your wedding um, saying that I have not seen my brother smile like this in so long. And it was just mm -hmm. the most beautiful feeling. I think I've been saying it since the wedding. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. So yes, you're right. We're so happy to get your smile back. Mm -hmm. Greg, what about you? Oh, well, I, you know, and again, I never realized this or gave it that much thought while I was going through it. But I, I can see how it manifested itself and the inability to to sustain quality relationships. Right. I can also how it led me to just and convenient with just because that was my distraction. Right. That was that's what would get me. It was almost like the drug. Right. That was what make me feel better than it really was. Right. That was it okay. And so there was no real substance to it. You know, as far as I'm concerned, yeah, I, you know, might some might have lasted longer than others, and you know, I didn't, I didn't really have disastrous, you know, maybe with one exception, but <laughs> <laughs> it, it just, you can see they weren't helping, okay. and they weren't is because I wasn't bringing anything really that healthy into it, just because, right. you know immaturity um and just inability to really you know self-analyze and know and you know because if you're jumping over what the one of the real issues are then you really ain't going to diagnose it you're not going to be able to self-diagnose it so right. if it's going through you know depressive spells and moods and depression itself and you don't call it that you don't recognize it then you know the the end result ain't going to be pretty right yeah um, I, I wanted and not, you know, I didn't have this on the list, but Greg mentioned it first. I, my addiction 
my coping food and smoking um cigarettes y'all um <laughs> you know um i remember um different things like that so let's just say food and smoking were my coping mechanisms uh we're not gonna say that food is gone um but <laughs> smoking's gone but have you did you have any addiction stem from your healings i mean well i spoke to drinking mm -hmm. i mean different meaningless relationships i mean mm -hmm. i was in me i was in a marriage Right. But unhappy in a marriage, looking, seeking out other, um, you know, other forms of basically just other women. Right. You know, I know. I guess that that's what it was. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I always share is is that so many of us looking for love look other places, mm -hmm. and end up in situations that we don't want to be in. You mm -hmm. know, and that could be being overweight, um, having an addiction, um, having um, outside relationships or meaningless relationships. Those are all our way, all the ways that we cope with not receiving something. Mm -hmm. We go looking for it. Um, but that's not something to be ashamed of, you know, because I think that once you can admit it, you're free. Well, not free, but you said it it's the first step and then we can move on. Um, so like I said, I was going to say it a, a bunch of times throughout the episode. I'm so glad that you guys are being open and honest about it because many men won't admit, you know, like um, having an affair is it's looking for something that they're missing. So mm -hmm. thanks for, for being open about that. Have you guys my, ever, I'm sorry. No, no, I'm saying my life was one big affair. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, think about it. A series of relationships. Right. Then or you know yeah <laughs> and and you know to to be honest i stayed in a relationship for 30 years um because of something that was missing you know so it mm -hmm. it can go both ways you know that we were looking for love look what did eddie murphy say looking panub in all the wrong places <laughs> <laughs> that's what we were doing um have you guys ever taken medication or uh, went seeked out uh, professional help? Mm -mm. No? But I was, I'm taking the military, I was forced to. Okay. In the military, I went through, when I went through the AA stuff in the military, mm -hmm. part of that, they had me seek, um, I had to go talk to a counselor for three I guess normal procedure for a counselor is you got to have three sessions. Okay. So they had to give me three sessions for um for the counseling and all of that and everything. But once again, it stemmed from depression because now I'm in the military. Right. And in the military, you just don't show up for work. That's that'll end everything. Right. And that's what was going on with me. That was at a time of my life where it was just unbearable. It was just ridiculous. And I wasn't showing up for work. You know, you got formations and you're not showing up. So you don't do that in the military. It's it's heavy consequences behind. So that's what I was going to do. So no medication, but seeing the counselors and they even put me in AA classes and okay. all of that kind of stuff. What about you, Greg? No medication, no therapy or anything? No, there was there was one time. Actually, this this when I 
probably about 10 years ago, I went to the VA and they suggested that I go to counseling, but I, I thought I had kind of been past most of the stuff that I would have told them about. I went to one session and never went back. But again, by then I'm thinking this is behind me. Okay. And, you know, and, and I kind of think the, the mindset, it was somebody talking about, you know, or now that you're going through the VA, they'll help you in your VA claims. And I didn't, I didn't, honestly, I was at a place where I didn't want to claim that. Okay. Not, I'm going through it. But, you know, my help wasn't clinical. Right. Okay. Um, thank you for answering that. Um, okay. As men, because this will tie into to neither one of you getting professional help. As men, what do you think is this, like, what, why is there a stigma against men seeking help for mental, mental health reasons? Sign of weakness. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. Cause we're men. That macho, <laughs> that macho about us, and it's just a sign of weakness. You're not holding yourself down, and this and yeah. that. Take care of business. Right. If you're running around saying, "Oh, um, I'm depressed or sick or whatever," it's just that feels not a good look. Right. Yeah. Societally unacceptable. Right. Say that. I'm talking about. You know, our our is culturally un it was for a long time culturally unacceptable. And I mean in our culture, in our subculture, you know, right. it unacceptable for you can't be labeled a strong African American man and then say you're battling depression. Well, because right. that is a kink in the armor, you couldn't have it both. Right. You know, mm -hmm. that stuff that we absolutely were not gonna admit to. And that's crazy because as African-American men, we're living with 400, you're, you're living with 400 years of PTSD, <laughs> you know, and never ending turmoil. And you can't admit that, that it's, it's bugging you. Yeah, but we're not conditioned that way. We're not raised that way. We're, we're raised that regardless of what the circumstances are, you have to battle it. You got to be a warrior and you got to overcome it. Now, you know, in retrospect, you can still you can do all that and acknowledge the fact that there's something eating away at you and deal with you, deal, deal with it, but right. still warrior and still battle through it and still overcome it. But, you know, you got to recognize the enemy, attack it and, you know, make it ineffective. Right. Now, is are you at the point now, say, uh, Butch, if your son told you that that's what he was struggling with? Are you more understanding now, um, or you know, do you think that it, it you're better now as far as handling it as a man differently? Yeah, I mean, I mean, we talk about it. My son, Avery, if I mean, we talk about it because he's dealing with it too. You know, Avery go off by yourself and just get in the corner or something, and just and we talk about that more too. Okay. You no, know, and once again, the generational curse thing, and trying to break these generational curses and everything, and. You know, one of the one of my daughters, I've not talked to her in three years now, and I know she goes through it. Right. You know, I've watched her go through it. So as far as when she opens up and reaches out again, we'll talk about it more to express more what they're going through. And, but once again, they see I'm more understanding because now I'm opening up. I'm telling right. what I went through. 
So I'm hoping that's making them deal with it a little bit easier and understand better. Yeah, it, it's difficult when it comes to the children. Um, you know, we all have children and we can all recognize when they're they're going in the opposite direction. Some of our kids have gone, um, you know, have, have it more intensely than others, but it's it's it bugs me. It bugs me out, I should say, that we can recognize it in our children, you know, mm-hmm. and just to see how far it's come and, and how much we have to fight to end that, you know, that, that our kids can carry that on and, and how can we prepare them for breaking mm-hmm. that chain. But uh, that's a whole nother Oprah show, <laughs> um, you know. Okay. So no, but see, I think that's, that's so relevant because I'm going to tell you the truth. If it wasn't for you, I probably wouldn't, I wouldn't have the in-depth knowledge of it. I wouldn't even have the acceptance. I wouldn't have the understanding. I wouldn't have the self-realization, you know, of it at all, you know, because I've seen how it affects you. And as far as I'm concerned, it affecting you affects me. Right. If I see my nieces, how it affects my nieces. Yeah. Now that affects me and I got to get an understanding of what's going on here. Right. You know, it 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 is. I, I think that's that's is really important. It's really relevant. But uh did, I don't know if you watched the uh Greg and Lynn did a PS uh, uh series with me um yeah. talking about caregivers and family members. And um it really surprised me listening to Greg saying how far he's come in his thinking about mental illness. Um, are you do, are you there also? Are you more aware? Once again, like he just said, from listening to you and watching you, it's really opening my eye. I mean, you you remember? I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago, you gave me a list of counselors, right? When I was living in Virginia to go, you know, talk to you, right? But you had me once again. You got me looking into it, and you got me looking at my behavior, right? From the past up until now. Yeah. So I I am, and and now I'm talking to, I'm talking to other, I guess you would say other men more, getting right. a little bit more personal, and you know they they're telling what they're going through. I'm telling what I'm going through, issues and all of that, and you know it's, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing because um, people, yeah. you talk about it, you realize it. You, know, you got men out there going through the same stuff. Yes. And they're getting through it and whatever issue they had that you should have been through, you got through it to show right. that no, it's it's not it shouldn't be crippling, I guess I could say. Right. It shouldn't be crippling. It's a way to get through it and a way to deal with it. Right. And ladies, I'm talking to y'all. You see how we're sitting here having this conversation? You can have that conversation with the men in your lives without harassing them. You know, like Butch came to me and he said, Do you have a list, you know, do you have any contacts or counselors? in the area. I didn't, I didn't nag you. I don't think I nagged you at that time, <laughs> but you know, I'm just going to give you the list. And when you're ready to go, you're ready to go. Greg, I don't think we ever had that conversation, um, you know, about you getting help or anything like that. I will say that as your sister, I have recognized it in both of you and have never shared what I saw. Um, and I, I never prodded you guys about it. Butch, one of the things that that bothered me all the time was you shutting off, you know, shutting down. 
and then being on the road by yourself, you know, because those that's a cocktail. That's a dangerous cocktail, you know, mm -hmm. Greg, not attaching yourself fully to anybody. Um, and sometimes not, rec not, you know, not recognizing how deep things cut, you know, because mm -hmm. as men, you'll say, oh, well, I didn't have a good relationship with my mother, but that's all right, because I'm a man, without acknowledging how deeply that sits and how it can affect you, you know, and affect your life. Um, mm -hmm. And I just, I wish more people would, would talk about that. And we're going to talk about that on another show about parents, but um. And, and this is this is a short conversation talking about parents. Um, of course, we we grew up with the same mother, um, different fathers. Did you do you think that you recognize now some of the mental health issues surrounding parents that contributed to who you are and how you've um, grown up? Most definitely. Greg, I mean, I mean, there's, there's no doubt that is, is, is such a big factor, right? And in, in my development and our development, you know, and and in the in the realization of how it affects the three of us and our mm -hmm. children and and right. the family around us, so that whole dynamic comes into play, right? My fathers, my uncles, you know, the family as a whole, the whole dynamic, how one cog in that whole dynamic is, is a ripple effect. Right. So, and that's kind of what brings me to where I am today and, and how I approach it and how I, I'd like to approach it, but that could be another show too. Yeah. <laughs> Were you going to say something else, Butch? Oh, no, no, no. Okay. okay. So that'll bring me to my next um, question is where are you at? mentally today greg but whoever wants to go first okay go for it, okay greg. okay <laughs> greg go ahead yeah i mean uh and again i don't want to sound too prideful or anything else or you know too i i'm i'm in a i think i'm in a great place because you know i sis you know yeah spirituality my relationship with christ to me shaped everything Right. That was my treatment. That was how I deal with it. You know, that to me has revealed so much about who I am and who everybody around me is, you know, including, you know, mom, grandpa, right. you, which, I mean, it, it, it shed so much light. It allowed me to think of something so much bigger than me. Right. It, it, it kind of lets me know who I was before anything else happened. And that is a perspective that that helps me deal with day to day, no matter how bad things get. Because, you know, that don't stop things from getting tough. Right. Yeah. <laughs> things from happening. It's, but, but it shapes how you deal with them, your approach to them. And more than anything else, it, it shapes how you think of yourself. Right. That has helped me immensely exactly. and and now you know the big thing is to help others yeah what about you butch i mean same thing i think like i mean like drug addiction you don't never get rid of it right it's still there you learn how to manage it you learn right. how to 
alcoholism the same thing you don't get rid of it you don't know how to manage it and i think with the depression it's still there right but you had to learn how to manage it and then me i feel i'm in a better place now now i'm interacting with people more i'm talking more um my wife you said earlier i'm newly married so now i could pick up the phone and just talk to her if i'm in a bad mood she pick up says she lifts me up too wanting more into the church it's just I'm just not that depression. I'm feeling better about myself. I'm feeling better about my walk, you know, my walk on this this planet, this world or whatever. Building, like I said, build relationships I felt I hurt in the past. That those are, I'm rebuilding those and making those, making those better. So just, I'm not giving my chance to just to go back into that place. If I feel it coming on me, uh, like I said, talk to somebody, reach out to somebody, talk to them, mm-hmm. and I just don't let just they don't let me go that deep. I guess that's how I'm dealing with it. That's cool. Greg, is your wife around? Is your wife nearby? She's about to be. Okay. Um, what would you say to men that are dealing with mental illness? Which we'll let you go first this time. Talk it out. I mean, talk it out because, I mean, somebody else is going through it. You know, somebody else is not a weakness. You know, it's not a weakness and it can be crippling. But just talk it out. I mean, you got you got brothers out there, homeboys, whatever, just shit out there and talk it out it's you know it's not a sign of weakness to 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 be going through this and just want to figure it out and like i said whatever you are going through somebody else has been through it before right they they and, and they'll 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 take one with you and show you that it's i'm still here it's not a weakness you know you could talk it out you could deal with it and, and still i don't know just still stand on your two feet proud Chest out, still be a man. Cool. I like that answer. What about you, Greg? One of the biggest things you gotta, and this is something I'm sorry I didn't do more, is, is the the self-realization. You gotta be real with yourself, number one. You gotta to kind of put down what society says who you are and and things they say you should or shouldn't do. You gotta be real, you gotta be open, you gotta be honest. You got to, I know it's easier said than done, but when you think you want to cut yourself off in the world, that's when you got to have a system of people to reach out to. You got to have people you can talk to. You have to. It's imperative. And like you you were saying, there's no shame there. You got to be in a no shame, no condemnation environment. You know, somebody that's going to be there to support you. And you got to, you just got to let it out. You 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 and you got to know you ain't alone. There's a whole lot of other folks going through this, and there's folks that can help you through it just because they've been through. It. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and that's I I think that that's key, especially in Black and Brown communities. The more we share, the more we get loud about it, we start to help people. Um, what one of my things that I say as a a big sister and a baby sister is that, um. You guys are my life. Everybody already knows that. But in the past couple of years, 
I've noticed a change in you. And Greg, that's five years with you. <laughs> Butch, that's about two years with you. Um, I've noticed that you guys are happy. And for the three of us, that's all that mattered is, is you know, making sure or even, you know, hoping that we get to happy. My beautiful snitcher-in-law, um, ha you have brought so much to my brother's life in the past five, six years um, that it's truly amazing. Um, and, and you already know how I feel about you. Um, <laughs> but, but the bonus question for you guys is, you've heard your husband talk about mental illness. Have you seen those traits during your marriage and how did they show up? Uh, April. Oh, wow. So um, not even being prepared for this here question. Um, <laughs> and it doesn't have to be anything major. Let me see. Um, hmm. So one of the things that I think I hate to even say mental illness for him, but but um, I think as you're exploring it and we're looking at um, reality of some things that mm -hmm. I see, mm -hmm. you know, you and I have already spoken about right. the And if there was cameras, I could show you the room. He thinks that's normal. Right. Um, for me, I think it's very abnormal, right? Um, because I think it also speaks to how the brain works, right? You know, so if you have a lot of uh, 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 what do you call it, chaos around you, mm -hmm. then pretty much your brain is going to be just as chaotic, right? You know, thought process and stuff. So, but um, that's one. Um, uh, I think the other may be um, how certain things may trigger him to respond in a different way. Right. Um, right. And when I say that, I mean, like, there are certain things that can be said, maybe now, I'm, I'm being very transparent here now. So. Of course. Of course. We want to help everybody. So... <laughs> Okay, so if 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 his mom says certain things, your mom right. says certain things, mm -hmm. he will. I mean, he just like explodes right. on certain, you know. Whereas, um, if I was to say, or if somebody else were to say the same thing, it mm -hmm. be as bad. But he, it was always still trigger him to go back to, you know, that the response that he would give if right. it was. With mom saying it. So um that's one. Uh, I'm not sure about anything. What what else do you think? <laughs> now uh, it's you. I don't know if ADHD has anything to do with uh <laughs> definitely. With, <laughs> that is definitely that is definitely something that he, he deals with. Right. And, and I think that it's so important and I wanna thank you guys for, for doing this because I think it's important to see how we can be loving wives and siblings and still help. You know, yeah. if you see everything 
And in spite of you're madly in love with your husband, I see that all the time. Even when it gets crazy and you call me, you're calling uh, me because you love your husband. Um, and because I understand why there's clutter everywhere, which as a matter of fact, is one of my next episodes on hoarding and clutter, but, um, and, and how all of these things tie into our childhood. And so as a sister, I want to say thank you for loving him so much that you love him through everything and continue to love him through everything. And even love me with my crazy self through everything. <laughs> but um, and and you and you guys have endured, you know, since your marriage, you know, began, you've endured, and you guys are still strong and in love and helping each other. So um, now I'm not. It doesn't drive me crazy sometimes. Oh, yeah, I know. Say that because I'll walk in the room and turn around and walk back out. <laughs> Which is one of our love, which is one of our stories when we were dating. All <laughs> and I tell him I'm coming and thinking that he's all prepared for me. And when I get there, open the door and I go, Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And turn around and drive all the way back to Greensboro. <laughs> I'm like, I can't do this one today. Oh, you weren't supposed to do that. <laughs> And so now we're going to talk to my new sister-in-law, Miss Sharon. Thank you for yes. coming. On. Thank you for coming on. I want to um say I have to always share this when I say Sharon that my brother and my sister-in-law were in love at 14 years old, and many, many, many all these years later reconnected, and I've never seen him happier. Um, and so you've heard I, we were talking about it before the show started that um. You wanted to listen in to get some feedback about him. Um, mm -hmm. You've heard him tell his story, and yeah. you, and you notice what goes on. What are the signs that you see in Butch as his wife that may be connected to mental illness? Um. Wow, I've um really never um, connect him to mental illness. Mm -hmm. What have connected to was um, the life that he endured, um, the trials and tribulation, his, um, his past marriage, the trauma. I, I, I recognize the trauma that he experienced through the years. And what happens is um, he have triggers based on those traumas. Right. Um, for example, the laundromat is his <laughs> trigger. Okay. Um, he's in the truck and he's like, baby, when I come home, we're going to do the laundry. And he will do everything else in the world. Then he's on the truck and he's gone and I'm still doing the laundry by myself. So that's definitely one of his childhood triggers. That comes from Hicken Avenue. Listen, me and Donna. Listen, listen. <laughs> I, have tears in, I have tears in my eyes listening to you, but go ahead, Sherry. <laughs> <laughs> so um what I what I gathered um from my husband is um he definitely make me recognize the strength, the strength in me in terms of um, patience. Right. 
and um, understanding. Um, he has an aggressive um, manner in him in terms of, um, I would kind of relate it to going blank, where he get, um, where he get angry and whether he's um, speaking to me or texting me, he mm -hmm. hears nothing I say. We can have a two hour cup as long <laughs> as he is angry, he gets nothing. Right. So that's something that um, him himself is working on. Um, what I admire about my husband is no, he claims that he didn't um, seek counseling, but he did. Him and Greg both, but the counselor that they, they seek was the Lord. Right, right. And I admire how when he feel, when he doesn't understand his emotions and his feelings, how he turned to God, how he turned to the Bible, how he turned to another man of God. Right. Which is so important because they relate through the connection of God. Right. So that he does. Um being in a new marriage, you we're, we're, we're both dealing with his upbringing right. and what what he is used to doing and dealing with my upbringing and um, what I used to do. So we're definitely right now um, in a place of button heads and um, just trying to come to a compromise. Um, a lot of time I have to allow him to um I guess feel that he he mm -hmm. won or he meantime <laughs> I know exactly <laughs> what I'm doing because he ain't winning. Right. So I have to do, you know, I have to um in other words, I have to allow him to get it out of his system and get the anger out and give him a couple of days and a lot of times I don't have to go back to it. He comes to me and say, well, you know, I was a little harsh or maybe what you said, we, we, we could try to work it that way. So, like I said, with me being patient with, with knowing that, um, he, um, based on what he told me and he hasn't have, a, um, He's never experienced a good relationship. And like he said earlier, one of the reasons he never experienced a good relationship or a healthy, let's say a healthy relationship is because he never opened up. Right. He never, he never let no one in. From day one, he allowed me in. Oh boy. I know them people are so glad he didn't let them in because <laughs> <laughs> my husband but <laughs> I love him and I adore him and the fact that he wants to be a better man he wants to he wants to be able to control his 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 mental um his mental emotions because he 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 wants to make sure that I'm happy his I feel that his drive on being a better man is because he wants me happy. Me being happy is so important to him that that drive he gets for 
again, um, opening up more, talking more, um, speaking out. Even when we have certain issues, he he talks to people because he, at the end of the day, he just want us to be okay. He want me to be happy. He want he he wants to maintain the happiness that he received from me, and he does a good job at it. He does a good job at it. Um, you know, again, I've never related him to having mental illness, but I see where it's something that's also hereditary, you know, passed down, you know, mm-hmm. for generations. And um, I do recognize that, you know, um, being around you guys um, also helped me to recognize um my own little quirks my 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 family um issues um it opened my eyes to i i deal with um uh my sister suffers from mental illness okay. i'm speaking hospitalized i'm speaking medication i'm speaking um suicidal um she physically um, tried to take her life. She tried to electrocute herself in the tub. Um, I don't think I've ever said that out loud. Um, pills. Um, she tried several times, you know, to take her life. And she, it's really bad. And she, um, she deals with it the best way she can. Um, she la- lashes out a lot on me and my brother. Um, but we know her um, illness and um, we allow her to. Um, what breaks my heart is that it was passed down to um, her children. And they're one, the oldest is 20, the youngest is 16. The middle one, I believe, is uh, 18 or 19, probably 19. Um, no, the oldest is probably 22. And the youngest, the middle one is probably 19. And it came out, the the attempt came out in my middle nephew. So it's definitely something that um, touched my heart and that is really personal um, to me. Um, like I said, being around you guys, you know, I understand that it's, you've taught me that it's not... Sh- it's nothing to be shamed about um, having that in your um, in your in your in, in your surroundings. Um, you guys taught me that um, you know, talking about it or um, accepting it, recognizing it, and um, just having patience with it. And um, again, um, getting rid of that guilt, getting rid of that shameness. Um, really helped with um my dealing with my sister and um my mother as well um i don't i don't i'm saying that not to say that my mother suffered from mental illness but my mother have no experience in mental illness which i feel that because I don't have no, you know, we don't have no prior experience. I don't think that we did my sister justice on how we handled um, certain out, 
versed in certain um, situations that at first we didn't recognize it. And then by the time we recognized it, she had already um, committed her first, you know, try, you know, attempt to um, take her life. By the time we recognized it um, in her um, young, in her early twenties, maybe 19, 20 years old. So again, because we don't know how to handle it, I, I felt that we didn't do my sister the justice that could have been um that could have been done um with her so it's a learning experience and um i listened to um your podcast and i listened to um your post and i i read a lot of um what you give out to the um public and thank god for you thank god for everyone that wants to be awareness that mental illness is real and um I thank you for that and I appreciate that about you um to be able to go through and live with mental illness and still have the strength to talk about it and share it because a lot of people that's dealing with mental illness that's the hardest thing for them to do and by you encouraging everybody that it's okay, it's all right, is a day by day, is every moment, every, every time you get up, every time you take a step, that's important. And, and, and knowledge is power. So, you know, my husband, I really don't have no complaints about him. I know his, his past, I know the life he lived, he's very, honest um we talk at least eight to 16 hours a day um is not much i don't know about my husband at this point <laughs> so i definitely know that trauma in your life is a big part of um your level in mental health in, in, in mental illness definitely. i i i recognize that you know and it it, it enables me to um to be patient with um with my husband and um and listen I'm learning how to listen to him he's um I'm recognizing that we're not at the same level um in that and I have to stop sometime and slow down right. and recognize when um he just needs me to listen right we have a way of just going back and forth and, and wanting to have a rebuttal, but that's not always the case. Sometimes you just want to be heard and understood. And I'm working hard on giving my husband that, giving him that time for him to feel it's okay for, for him to express his feelings, whether it's happy or, or sad or angry or or joyful, it doesn't matter the emotions, but the fact that I want him to know that for any reason in, in any situation, I will hear him. And I think that's helping him be able to release some of the emotions that he held onto over the years. Wow. You know? So I'm sorry mm. if I went in a little okay. too deep. I apologize. <laughs> I tell you at the beginning, there's no rhyme or reason on this podcast. We do what we got to do. 
um, I want to say to you that this the same. Um, thank you so much for loving my brother, um, because he changed. He was so different. He really was, and I don't think that we really recognized how much different he was until you guys got back together, and then you can see that there was just an extreme dis di difference. So thank you for loving him. Thank you for sharing that because you're giving people um, input and insight and in how to deal with your mate, your your husband, um, if they're struggling with the mental illness, trauma. Um, I love you. Um, I love you too. I want to say that we are going to have Butch and Greg on again because Sharon mentioned the laundry <laughs> and I started getting crying butch had a shake greg had a shake <laughs> so but one thing that i share and i we listen one thing that i share is that there are triggers that you can't even imagine and they could be big small or whatever but to hear sharon say laundry and the three of us the expression on our faces just changed because listen i can't i i tell people I can never physically go to a laundromat ever again in my life. Everywhere I live has to at least have a washing machine because I will not. <laughs> yep. And that's how he feels. Yeah. And he's adamant about it. And thank you. I just had a about pushing the cart up to New Lots Avenue. The cart was so tall I couldn't even see over exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. That's how little I was. <laughs> carrying that shit up four flights of stairs. Um Okay, so oh, so man. let me bring back. Let's let's get it I back. That one. <laughs> let's bring it back. Let's bring it back <laughs> because I am going to have you guys on again. Because, um, lastly, one of the things that people talk to me about, um, is they hear me talking and they don't realize that I have siblings, because you know they don't they don't hear me talking about you guys in that light. They they know that there's a big brother. They know that there's a baby brother. But this is the first time that they've ever heard. Um, the, the three of us come together and share as we did. And so I want to thank both of you for coming on and giving men hope, giving men some tools, giving men some nuggets because you guys, and I'm not just saying this because I'm your sister. I mean, it could be because, but you guys are amazing men. Um, you know that. And hearing it come from amazing quality men like you is going to change lives. So I want to thank you guys for being here. Um, is there anything that you guys would like to say before you tune out? <laughs> well, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad you involved me. And I, I would really like to do it again. Okay. Greg. Ditto. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> I want to thank you guys um, also for supporting me and for loving me. Um, Sharon just made me cry again because um, you just never know who's listening and I think that that's why I do what I do because you don't know who's listening and but I, I want to to thank you for being my brothers and for always supporting me no matter what and loving me through no matter what <laughs> and just to helping me to keep going because you guys are two of the people why I'm still here today and so you just I, that I you do. and <laughs> I do. Um, I love you guys beyond. Love you, sis. Love you too, big sis. Thank you guys. For love, you, sis. love you, sis. Love you, sis. 
my sister-in-law too. <laughs> love me. <laughs> Where's Stitcher at? I love her too. Um, yes, she love, is. Thank love you, Stitcher. I love you. Um, guys, <laughs> you already know, huh? don't know how much your brother loves you. You might know, but I think it goes beyond that. <laughs> That's another Oprah show. Right? <laughs> but sidebar, that, your mother did tell me that when Greg first got sick and I was there. She's like, I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> so yeah. I, yeah. I I love you guys. I mean, like, there's no there's no end to it. Um, So thank you. Um, Guys, as you know, whenever I have an interview or especially my family, we go longer. Um, I, I pray that you take the time to listen to the whole episode because we touched on so many amazing topics that will save a life. So thank you for your support. If you don't already, find me on um, any platform, social media platform, Diva with Depression. Um, go to divawithdepression.com. You can subscribe to my, my website. You can listen to the podcast, but please, please like, share, discuss, because this was important. Um, men's health is more, it's not more important. It's just as important as everybody else's health. But if we don't get our brothers healthy, we're, we're going to start slipping as a society. So please share this with the men in your life. Uh, I always thank my techie at the end. So Greg, give a quick uh, shameless plug. <laughs> Illumination Media and Technology <laughs> on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you. And he, he saves my life. Um, and I will share, if it's okay, that you will be stepping into your own role as a host soon. And we're going to plug that next episode when you get it set up. But I, I love you guys. I'm proud of you. I love my sister, my sister and my sister. Um, and you guys have an amazing evening, week, life. Find some peace, find some joy, even if it's just for one minute. Take care. Love you. Love, Love you, sir. Bye. Bye. Bye.